Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Liz. I have to apologize first for my voice. If my, if my voice sounds, you're a little you're a little scratchy. Honey. I'm a little scratchy. I'm a little coldy. She's had um, a cold, people. I have. I have. It's not COVID, but um, man, it yeah, just it's, it's so now there's drainage, and it knocked me out for 48 hours. I was on my butt. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, did you hear the story of what happened to me and the little dog? No! Okay, so last time we recorded, you had the little dog here on your lap. And I don't have him anymore. What happened? Long story, and I won't bore everybody with it, but basically after two weeks, finally an owner person showed up. Um, In my opinion, the person wasn't very nice, although the dog was so nice that I guess the person somewhere inside of them was nice because the dog was so sweet. Right. But I just think it's very odd that because of social media and stuff, I mean, every single person that I know who has ever been missing a pet has found that pet within a day because of social media. Exactly. So, we had a pet once for 24 hours that, yeah. you know, within yeah. the, the, we yeah. absolutely found the owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, this person wasn't looking very hard for two whole weeks, and so I had already sunk considerable amount of money into him, got him fixed, got him blood work, got him, you know. The guy wasn't very nice to me, and... um, Was he mad at you that you had him fixed? Oh, yeah. He was pissed. And he he, um, refused to help cover any of the costs for me caring for him. I mean, it was just, it was a deal. And so Sunday I cried all day. So, there you go. Ew. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Kind of crappy, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to trust the universe that the little dog is going to be all right, and it wasn't meant for me to have him. So. And if it was meant for you to have him, he will make his way back. Well, he is chipped, and it's to my phone number. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. I got him chipped because yeah. I thought I, he had no owner. Right. So I had him chipped to and it, to me. Yeah. And I and I told the guy a bunch of times, do you understand that he's chipped now? And he didn't even he didn't even acknowledge that. It was very odd. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll wow. get out and he'll I don't know. Wow. So, I, uh, you know, I just had to make a decision of, I mean, I probably could have fought it, but I, I just didn't want to have that kind of stress. Well, or that kind of energy surrounding this relationship with this dog. Absolutely. It just wasn't, it just, so I, I chose to do that, give him back. Yeah. You know, sometimes we invest in, um, things or relationships 
and other people benefit from our investment. Yeah. And we sometimes have to just be grateful and say, I'm so glad that somebody else gets to benefit from this. Absolutely. You know, and it may not be us. Well, I mean, that's funny you say that because John and I were talking, because it upset John a lot too, you know? And yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we didn't, we didn't get our way, we wanted the dog. Of course. And we had to surrender him. And I think for the right reasons, you know. Yeah. I don't want to take a dog from somebody. Right. At the same time, I, you know, the person didn't seem, I don't know. So it was just questionable. The whole thing felt questionable. But it was clearly his dog. He gave me a picture and no doubt yeah. it was his dog, you know. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'm... I'm so busy right now that it's like I don't even know that I've processed being how sad I was, although I did cry. I allowed myself to cry all day Sunday. <laughs> and then yesterday I woke up, okay, it's a week, we've got a million things to do. I gotta let the doggy go and be at peace. So here wow. we are. <laughs> wow. And we were gonna do part two with our, with with our, our dear- friend May. Dear, yeah, but she woke up. Hopefully she doesn't have the cold or the flu that you have, but, right. or had, yeah. I should say. Right. Hi, Elvis. Yeah, oh, Elvis. What are you doing? So last week we had a little dog sitting here, and today we have Elvis the cat back up here. Okay, yeah. hi, Elvis. Hi, LV. Um, <laughs> so, you know, interesting, uh, what I was wanting to kind of talk about today was boundaries, and Boundaries is the word of the decade. Yeah, it is. I mean, isn't it? And people are just using boundaries as their excuse to not be in relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, are, are there healthy boundaries? Absolutely. And we can, I think the whole world is familiar with what that looks like. Right. Um, but as we talk about this little dog and about um, making sure that this dog is healthy and you've invested in so, in something that now is going to benefit someone else, it makes me think a little bit about boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because about 38 years ago, probably, my husband and I had, a, had an encounter with someone that was hurtful. And that's all I'll say. It was just a hurtful encounter. And I was sharing this with a friend of mine the other day who just said, oh, if that had been me, boundaries, uh -huh. I would have been done. I would have walked away. Right. Okay? Right. Well, we made a decision to not let that one encounter um, damage, or, damage or, or permanently damage mm -hmm. the relationship. Right. So we went ahead and moved forward in the relationship. We got past that encounter gotcha um and it was on our end it was the two of us that have because this other person wasn't going to i don't even think the other person realized okay, okay. the other person didn't even realize right i could have we could have just walked away but we made the decision to move forward in the relationship gotcha now 38 years later, we have benefited from that relationship. But even more importantly, our children benefited from that relationship. And they have no idea that that encounter even happened, gotcha. right? Mm -hmm. So 
had we put up the boundaries that would have ended the relationship, mm -hmm. we would have missed out on 38 years. Our children would have missed out on 38 years of relationship. Gotcha. And I don't think that that would have been helpful to them. Right. Um, if, if it had never been, they would never have known. But it certainly is something that has been positive for them. And I would be sad if they hadn't had that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So boundaries. I, I hear people say it and what they mean when they say it is, eh, I don't need to have a relationship with that person or I'm not going to try. I'm not going to show grace. I'm not going to show mercy. Right. I'm not going to forgive Right. because I have boundaries. And it's almost like patting themselves on the back in this you know, very pious sort of way, I'm so proud of myself for having boundaries. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been watching and, you know, trying to establish my own boundaries. Gotcha. My own healthy boundaries. And at the same time, I'm not willing to just throw people away yeah. in the name of boundaries. I have had many, many experiences along those lines <clears throat> where um, I want to be the person to give a person a second chance or see the best, sometimes sometimes to a fault. Right, you know, oh yeah. Sometimes to a fault because there, I think that there are really times where you really do have to sever relationships, but I don't think that it should be, I mean, at least in my experience, um, it, it's not a thing that I knew immediately that it needed to be severed. Right. I mean, maybe once or twice in my lifetime, there was a relationship where I knew it, that was just it. I could never talk to that person again. Most people, I have a hard time doing that with. Right. You know, I think of ex-boyfriends that, you know, yeah, they ended bad, but I, I, at a point, at a time, I loved that person and was in relationship with that person. I don't need to just hate them now. Right. You know, and just never talk to him again, you know. Right. And, but if I am going to have a friendship with an ex, I have to have boundaries in that to protect the relationship that I'm in now. And, you know, and so I'm pretty aware of that, even if with, with my ex-husband, you know. Yeah. I'm really course. good friends with him, and we spend time together. But there's definitely boundaries there because of John. And, of course. You know, those kinds of things. So, um but you're right, people do. We are in a culture of just throwing people away. And I, I see it a lot. I actually see it a lot. I, I've seen it a lot at work. I've seen it um, in other people's lives. Just someone does one thing and bam, they're just, they're just cut off. That's right. It's, I guess it's in a way that cancel culture thing kind of is stirred up in that little mix as well. And, you know, we, we can't judge people. We can't keep judging people based on the, the worst day of their life. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. Yeah. We do it in the criminal justice system. If somebody gets in trouble, especially if it's a significant crime uh, that has to do with drugs or um, uh, sex or um, uh, theft, you know, they are, they are, they are labeled mm -hmm. for life. Yeah. And we have to ask on rental forms and on job applications, have you ever, ever been convicted of a felony? 
And we're talking about people who might be 50 years old who were convicted of something when they were 18. Exactly. And the answer to that question is legally. Yes. Yes. You know, and so here we are. Well, sorry, you're, you know, you're tainted. Right. <coughs> and these boundaries, we call it boundaries. We call it protecting our business. We call it protecting our relationships. We call it whatever, but we are missing out on the good in people. Yeah, well, I mean, even even with, with this person and this little dog, like, like kind of what I, what I said when we first started talking about it, you know, I had a hard time. I had to give the guy grace, right? I had to go, okay, you know, there's got to be something good there. Right. Because, right. because I don't, you know, I don't know his life. I don't know. I don't know where he was for two weeks. Maybe he was in jail. I don't know. Maybe he did something. Maybe I, I have no idea. He wouldn't tell me. I tried to ask him. He wouldn't tell me. I don't know why he wasn't looking for the dog. You know, I, and so I have to go. Okay, <laughs> like, and really try not to to judge to judge <laughs> him. And I, I mean, and I said it out loud several times to John. It's like. Like, I, I don't know the guy. I don't know. I don't know. And so I can't make assumption, uh, assumptions. I've just got to do the right thing and give him his dog. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think, I think that I am beginning to kind of come to the conclusion that when it comes to boundaries, I have to decide what my expectation is and we've done we've talked before about expectations and i think that really that's where my boundaries need mm -hmm. to come into play yeah is my expectations mm -hmm. so i don't want to necessarily throw away people that are difficult for me because i truly believe that there are things that i can learn from the ab relationship ab absolutely <laughs> you know yeah. i don't just learn from the the good relationships, the easy relationships, right. I absolutely can and do learn from the hard relationships. But if I just walked away and from every hard relationship and called it a boundary, a boundary. <laughs> then I would never learn the lesson that the universe wants me to learn right. through my relationship with that person. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really, really important that we recognize that we are stunting our own growth when we shut the door on super difficult people. Yeah. Now, do we need to keep the door open to abusive people? Of course not. And that's where boundaries come in. I know that there's some people that I don't want to come over to my home. Yeah. I am fine going to their home, but I don't want them to come into my home because I want my home to be a place of solace and safety. Right. And so knowing that I'm probably going to have a difficult encounter with them, I don't want them in my home. But I can go to where they are right. and have all the positive and if and when, because it's always a matter of when, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the negative pops yeah. back up again, you just walk away. Right, 
right. you know, and it doesn't have to be that hard. Right. I can keep my keys and I can get in my car and I can drive away, but I am throwing myself under the bus. I am throwing my own growth under the bus. I am throwing uh, the positive that, that person can bring to my world under the bus if I just completely cut those people off. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I, again, I have a very, very difficult time cutting people completely off. I mean, right. uh, to, to a fault. And um, I had, I had a, a relationship with a, a girlfriend years ago <clears throat> that went sour. Um, and it was actually around like religious kinds of stuff. We just, just, we just kind of came to a place where we didn't agree. Right. And our relationship kind of dwindled and she was married to somebody that I knew and that their marriage ended and it was just, there was just a bunch of drama and years after that. And then there were some years where there was some distance and she appeared in my life at a point again where I needed some help and um, so she and, and, and she, there she was and the way she was talking sounded like she had had a lot of growth and like her life was better and she had come to a different kind of a place in her life and and so we decided to to um, move in together, <clears throat> um, and wow, you just went all in. So, it, well, I'm leaving a lot of the parts of the story out. <laughs> <laughs> just just because of, you know, I just don't know that it's a details. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I will just say, after about a year or so. This person's true color started coming out again, mm -hmm. and um, I actually was fearful. I was actually fearful. Wow. And um, and so that is a person that I have not seen in. So what was that movie? Single white female. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, Single white yeah. Female. I mean, it just it, it yeah. just it really really turned bad, okay. and. Um, you know, but, but even even in that, even in that, it, it just we just I I just had to do that. That right. was a person that I really did, but not after years of like trying. Like it wasn't initially. I didn't just, right. you know. I mean, I okay. Let's try this again. Let's try to be friends again. You know, right. um, but I I just I learned a lesson in that. In that, yeah, I think. You know, I, I probably should have had stronger boundaries in that second go around, but I just kind of was like, okay, everything seems fine. Let's just, you know, you know what yeah, I mean. I wasn't, I, I wasn't smart enough, and I wasn't like on the lookout for for signs that is this going to go bad until it just bam went bad. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and so, I don't know. I, I do. I have a tendency to be. All or nothing. All or yeah, and I and I, I am too trusting sometimes, and it's bit me in the butt before, and that's a good example of it, you know. And and I did. Oh, even in that though, I still cared about her enough to where I would Facebook people, 
privately that I knew knew her to like, is she all right? How is she doing? I mean, because right. I did and do genuinely care about her welfare and well-being, and right. but I just I can't I can't be in relationship with her. Right. You know. Well, and I think that that's the very definition of healthy boundaries is just understanding what we are capable of right. in this relationship and um, and asking that of the other person, you know, making that clear to the other person. This is right. what I need from this right. relationship. Right. And so that's, the boundary isn't I'm done with you and I'm going to close the door. I mean, I don't think it should be. No. I think the boundary <laughs> should be in the form of a conversation, mm -hmm. saying this is what I need from this relationship. If you can be that for me right. or with me, then we can work this out. You right. know, we can be friends. If not, well, then perhaps we can't be friends. You know, there's a there's a little meme that I saw yesterday, I think, on social media that said um, people will notice that your relationship with them has changed, but they will never acknowledge that it was them that instigated the change, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's what happens so much of the time is that all of a sudden the relationship changes and people are like, wait, what, what, yeah. why did that, you know, yeah. because you've shut the door on them. Well, that's, how is that fair to them? Right. You know, how is that fair to them? Because I think people should be given the opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. and I, I would want that given to me. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I've been an employee who has had, who has been written up for doing something wrong. And that's good. How, how am I going to learn that that was wrong, right. you know, in the job site? How am I going to learn um, how to be better, how to be a better employee, mm -hmm. you know, unless you occasionally get written up? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, somebody, hopefully the people in our lives who who care about us can can bring things up in love, right. you know, that we need to work on or work harder at or, you know, even change or, you exactly. know. And I think about our children, you know, our children have been, uh, we, we, as they're growing up, we punish them, we take things from them, mm -hmm. we, you know, put them in the corner, we, uh, you know, and every manner of, of punishment that we can think of in order to try to dissuade them from Behave, making... Yeah, behaviors or bad choices. Or, bad choices or bad right. behaviors. But the bottom line is, is they still need to have experiences mm -hmm to help them become the humans that they are meant to become. And yes. I've said this before, the scripture said, uh, says, uh, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not oh, depart, yeah. you know? <coughs> and what I believe that that is, is raise up a child according to his bent, yeah. and he will learn. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so... And it's to that child's bent, not to what we think it should be exactly and I and I do think and I know that I've been guilty of it and I do think that all parents are probably guilty of you know you you can't help but look at, through your own lens at your kids right and know the things that worked well for you and want those things for your kids but you may not 
your kids may not want to do those things. They may be bent differently. You exactly. Know? Or you recognize the mistakes that you made, mm -hmm. and you don't want your children to make those mistakes. Yeah. yeah. But the mistakes that you made have molded you into the person you are today. Yeah. And the persons that, that the mistakes that they have made and will continue to make, make. because they're human, um, are molding them into the people that they need to be and molding their children right. into the people that they're going to be. Right. And so we really, this whole boundary thing has me so confused and so, um, I don't know, just concerned kind of I'm kind of concerned because what do we see politically what do we see in oh. the in the church we see people claiming boundaries as an excuse to throw people away mm -hmm. to not listen to them the republicans don't want to listen to the democrats and vice versa because you know we've got to put up boundaries and um, the church is throwing people away, left and, right. left and right. They're just slamming the door. But to be fair, have I slammed the door on the church? Absolutely. But I have. But I will. Uh, I have a little bit. Not all. <coughs> I haven't all the way. But I have. But not all the way. <laughs> but I will say that it was after. After being extremely broken, mm -hmm, I know by what they did to us in the '90s, mm -hmm. and then returning again and again for reconciliation and restoration, and hope of seeing a little something a little bit different, right? And um, and it and it doesn't happen. So after time and time and time and time. You know, it's fine if you're who they want you to be. But if you're not who they want you to be, they don't want to be in relationship no, with don't. you. No, they and, don't. And that just completely, that's, that is not a benefit to me. The fact that they don't want to be in relationship with me doesn't help me. No. <laughs> no. But it also doesn't help them. And... You know, at one point I worked for an organization that worked with families affected by disabilities. And you know, the church in the 90s actively fought against having to comply with ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. They did? Oh yeah. The Phyllis Schlafly's and the, and the you know, all, all the, the political, mm -hmm. you know. Why wouldn't they want to comply? Well, that's a good question. Maybe it I mean, was for... Why, because aren't those kinds of, of laws and regulations for safety and stuff? like? Absolutely, they're for safety. <laughs> and absolutely, they are... You know, we are better when we are around people with disabilities. And I could give you a million reasons why. Oh, I can, I can think of one guy who makes my life better, and you know who he is, and Absolutely. we see him every Wednesday night. Absolutely. And he makes everybody's life better. Absolutely. And his jokes, and his, the way he teases, the way he acknowledges his disability and laughs about it. Yep. He is such a delight. Yeah. So what do churches do when they have um, a, a disabilities program? They put that disabilities program, and I'm putting that in square, scarecrow yeah, quotes, yeah, yeah. out on the back corner of their 
property. Yeah. And those people with mental or physical disabilities go out there to gather together and, oh, they're so proud of themselves mm -hmm. because they have a disabilities ministry. They do that? Oh, yeah, they do it. And then there are one, things that I do not know. <laughs> and then once a year, usually at Christmas time, they trot them out to do a Christmas performance. And they get up on the stage, and you have an adult, beautiful woman with Down syndrome playing Mary. And she looks up at the light, and she smiles, and she holds the baby. And everybody claps and says, oh, isn't this the most beautiful thing ever? How dare we celebrate keeping them in the back corner of the property and trotting them out one day a year? How dare we celebrate that? I, I've never heard of such a thing, Liz. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the way special, min special needs ministries operate in so many churches. And um, we are missing out by not having them integrated. Yeah, that's, we should that's have, the word that comes to my mind. We should all be integrated. It makes me think of, there's a, there's a school here in Fresno um, that my daughter actually went to. And um, on, part, on the same campus, there's the kids with disabilities and then there's the quote unquote normal kids. Right. And they- We use the word typical. Yeah, they pair, <laughs> they pair the kids up. So, oh, nice. so like at recess, the the typical kids get paired up with a kid with special needs, and it's and they they integrate them. Absolutely, they they integrate them, and it's good for the typical kids to have experience with a kid with special needs, and vice versa. Absolutely, and they they have been doing that for years and years and years, and. It's just a beautiful thing how they how they do that. I think it's the only school in Fresno that that has a program where they actively do that. Absolutely, that's how it should be. Exactly. So in the '90s, the church fought against. They actively rallied against the governmental ADA regulations, and so if you go to most churches, they do not have elevators. They don't have ramps. So uh, there's one church in town that has all the high school students meet on the second floor at a, you know, a, of a building. There's no ramp. There's no elevator. So if you've got a teenager in a wheelchair, they do not get to go to that Sunday school class with the other kids because there's no way for them to get up there. Wow. And the churches legally do not have to comply. Why? Is it? I mean, I don't they, they got, a, they got a, they an get, exception. They get a pass? They get an exception. They don't have to pay taxes. I know that. And they don't have to comply. Because this is something they fought for in the 90s. And I don't know what all the reasons were this and why it is that weird. the government said, okay, we'll just let you go ahead and... That's just weird. Isn't that weird? Yes, it's weird. Yeah, it's awful. And I just think that... We have that whole attitude has, has now grown into this whole boundaries thing. And 
it just makes no sense. No. It makes no sense. And I see these families who are affected by disabilities who don't go to church because they can't. And you know, if you have a child with um, Tourette's who screams out during the service, mm -hmm. well, what pastor wants that to happen? to be in there. Right. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, the, even autistic kids, you know, can be can disruptive. Be disruptive. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so they can be disruptive in the Sunday school class. That was absolutely our experience with our oldest child who, uh, you know, we had some other diagnosis come when he was older, but he was severely ADHD. He was very impulsive. Mm -hmm. And when the junior high pastor said, you know, we don't have to put up with him. I've given him chance after chance. I said, what about a buddy? What about somebody, you know, what about if I came in and sat with him? No, there's no sitting with him. I don't want him in here anymore. Well, the organization that I work for has, teaches people how to be buddies with kids that with kids with special needs mm -hmm. within your churches so that you have a, a buddy assigned to this child with special needs, whether it's a wheelchair-bound mm -hmm. child sure. who needs to be, you know, helped around from place to place, or if it's somebody with a stimulation disorder of some kind, whether it's autism or mm -hmm. ADHD, <coughs> and when that child gets overwhelmed, the buddy takes the child out for a walk, and then they come back and rejoin the group. Hmm. How hard is that? Right. Not hard at all. No. It's not hard at all to implement a buddy program in your church. It's not hard at all to integrate the adults with special needs in your choir, in your uh, greeters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, an adult with Down syndrome can stand at the door and pass out a program. Right. An adult with Down syndrome can do a thousand other things. Absolutely. But at the very least, you've got these greeters. I think of some of the big mega church that has all these greeters in their fancy suits <laughs> and their fancy dresses. I mean, we're talking, you know, 2023, and most people wear jeans to church, but yeah. still you've got greeters that are all quaffed and looking so perfect. Right, right, right. Who stand at the front door of the church or at the multiple entrances into the sanctuary, and they stand there and they greet people and they hand them a program. How hard, hard is, is it that? to have somebody with a special needs do that? And it is just not even considered. Instead, they pat themselves on the back, they, 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 they celebrate this special needs program. I've never heard of that. That no. is in a silo out in the back 40. Wow. And our siloed mentality just seeps into everything. Mm -hmm. And our boundaries you seeps know, into seeps into everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have used the word boundaries in place of forgiveness, in place of grace, yeah. in place of mercy. In place of <coughs> another chance. <coughs> another chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to... That's right. And we, we look at people, uh, we had a family member that when they got out of jail, they wanted to go to church. And guess what? They couldn't. They couldn't. 
Because why? Because they had been in jail. <coughs> and as long as they were on probation, they could not go to church unless they had, unless the church people had interaction with this person's probation officer and assured them that they were not a danger. Okay, how many people have not been arrested right. who are a bigger danger to people? Right. I mean, I, I have a young man in my life who is a felon, mm -hmm. and uh, he, there are, there are places, and they're not, they're not Christian places, that will give grace to people who have been in jail and stuff and give them jobs and give them chances. There's, there's several organizations in town here that will do that. But my young friend who was in jail, has, he's been out now for quite some time and um, is living a very normal, wonderful, good life because of an employer that gave him a chance. Right. You know, because of an employer who gave him a chance. And, and you know, he's turned his life around. <clears throat> and um, I don't know why we don't see that happen more often. Well, and what an employer <clears throat> will say is, hey, I have 100 people uh, applying for this job. Why should I give that person the job when I could give this person over here a job instead? So they shut the door on the person with the past, mm -hmm. and they give the person without a past the job because hey i've got a hundred different applications i'm gonna pick you know i don't have to pick that one right right so that's what they do but what we need to remember is just because somebody has not yet gone to jail does not mean that they're not engaging in illegal or bad behavior that's true just because they haven't been caught doesn't mean that they are the best choice that's <clears throat> very true you know that is very true, Miss Liz. I, you know, I think of I think of situations currently with friends, and I think I've shared them on here before, where you know friends wanted to get together with my husband and I, and I knew that the potential of having like religious and political conversation could come up, yeah, and having to set boundaries before we would get even to, get together, even yeah. get together, so that. You know, because I don't didn't want conversation to go in a certain direction. Um, yeah, it, it's boundaries, loving boundaries, and just kind of mean boundaries. You know, knowing the difference between those in your own life, and I, I don't know. It's it's a complicated conversation, right? Because it's all we all see the world through our own lens, and you know, if we've been hurt in the past by a certain kind of situation, then it's probably easier to go like this to a person who kind of triggers that same thing in you. If, right. you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many complicated aspects to it. So I think, you know, just, it kind of comes down to treating people the way that you would want to be treated, right? And um, looking at your own behaviors and like, okay, you know, again, kind of self-reflection and, and evaluation of what what part of this can I be to bring a positive outcome? Like you were saying when we first started, you know, forgiving somebody can bring, 
it's beneficial to them. Right. And maybe it'll be beneficial to you down the road, maybe not, but it's definitely beneficial to them. Right. You know, and you know, I've been I've been called out many times. You're too trusting, Debbie. You're too trusting. You're Well, that's a chance you're willing to take. I guess I am. I would rather be too trusting than the other way, but I probably need to find a little bit more of a healthier place inside of me, which I, you know, I think I'm better at it now at this age, right. at this wise age. <laughs> the sage age. Yeah. You're in the sage age. Mm -hmm. At the sage age. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, boundaries. It's like that's a kind of a, a, a word that's popular and the word triggers is right. popular and well and to say that person triggers me so i'm setting up yeah, boundaries. yeah uh -huh, exactly well that person's okay. toxic so i'm setting toxic a trigger boundaries uh -huh. oh my gosh these are all the words mm -hmm. of the day and again i'm not dismissing any of it because i'm so very grateful for therapy me and too. i'm so very grateful for <coughs> the opportunities that we have to get to know ourselves and the encouragement that we have to say, you know what, your job on this earth isn't just to roll over and be a, right. you know, a, right. a punching bag for right. the rest of the world because you need to be your very best self to bring to the table. And thank goodness that those conversations are happening. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm so grateful and mm -hmm. I don't dismiss any of it. And I, I just want us to, to start using maybe the word healthy boundaries, healthy triggers. Or even, even healthy. loving, loving, <laughs> loving boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how do you do that? And I'm triggered. There's a particular intersection where a traumatic event happened in our family, to, to me specifically. And that intersection, it's, a, it's an intersection. It triggers me. Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog. Yeah, that's you, right. You that's know? Right. And every time I drive through that intersection, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm yeah, truly you, you, triggered. You feel it in your body. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I can make a choice mm -hmm. to avoid that intersection mm -hmm. as much as possible. However, I cannot always avoid it, avoid it right. as it is very close to my home. Mm -hmm. So I try to go around it, but I'm telling you, yeah. it, I, I go through the intersection several times a week, mm -hmm. even though I try to go around right, it. Right, right. And it just depends on traffic and it depends on where I need to go mm -hmm. and whether or not that intersection takes me there. Right. But that intersection is just a, a series of black and white lines yeah. and <laughs> yeah. asphalt yeah. and buildings. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, you know, it doesn't know that it hurts me. Right. That this, inter this intersection doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. That it's a trauma-inducing yeah. event for me yeah. to drive yeah. through it. It's just a road, for God's sake. Right. And I think that a lot of people are out there who honestly do not know that they trigger you. Right. And I think we trigger a lot of people yeah. just from our own, just from our personality. I, absolutely. I, I have experienced that. I have said that out loud. Like I, I have even said, you know, I feel like just my presence 
triggers this person. Right. Just because of who I am. That's right. And, you know, how do you deal with that kind of a thing, you know, where you know that just who you are is hard for somebody, you know? And then I think of the the scriptures where, you know, I... I you know, don't don't hide your light under a bushel. That that whole thing, right. right? And it's like because when you know that who you are is maybe triggering someone, it's like that situation makes you not want to be you. Your light mm-hmm. makes you want to snuff out makes, your light. Makes you want to snuff it out because you know that for whatever reason it's hurting somebody, and it's not your fault. That's a complicated thing. It's very and it, and when you're aware of it. It's painful. Right. You know, I mean, I don't I don't know that we're always aware of it, you know, but I know for my own self, there's a couple people in my life that I know that. Yeah. And and it's hard for me because I know it. Of course. You know, but I so then it's like, how do I find the balance inside me of maybe not talking too much about what's going on in my life or I don't know. It's just right. well, and and who's at fault? Yeah, you know, again, and, and maybe quotes, nobody. Maybe nobody. It just is. It, yeah, it just is. And so navigating through some of those kinds of things, you know, is is hard. Right. It oh. really is. Well, Debbie, I think that we're gonna just wrap this up. Um, I I don't know what the answer is at this point, except mm-hmm. for two things. Number one, you can't help what other people think about you yeah that's their that's their deal yeah a b don't let anybody put out your light right you know you have to be brave and show your light no matter what yeah and if somebody is triggered by you if somebody has decided that they're going to put up a boundary and they're refusing to see the good in you then they are missing out on the relationship that could be just like if we had walked away 38 years ago from a difficult encounter then we would have missed out on positive stuff and like i said our children would have missed out on positive stuff right and that would say if you put up a boundary against the the man with a disability who is a little bit difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. in this environment Mm -hmm then we would all miss out on this beautiful, beautiful man. Exactly. You know? And that would suck. Absolutely. We would not be, we would be worse off without him in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And so be careful about about boundaries. Of course don't allow yourself to get hurt. Of course. And if somebody hurts you or demeans you mm-hmm. or diminishes you in some way, then it's on create them. Health, that's on them. Mm-hmm. And create healthy boundaries against that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, and, and keep your heart open yeah. to mercy and grace mm-hmm. and forgiveness. And keep your eyes open to the lessons that the universe wants to teach you from those people from whom you, uh, or with whom you have nothing in common. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of perfect closing song yeah you can't always get what you want debbie the dog you can't always get what you want okay <laughs> we gotta make sure i think last week we you sung a little bit too we gotta be careful that we don't have somebody coming after us with that. oh yeah that's right copyright sorry rolling stones 
but it is true. That is a very true song. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to say goodbye. And Sorry about the coughing, but I feel fine. Well, and maybe Meg will be here next week. Oh, that would be awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We love Bye. you. Bye. Love you. Bye.